Let's continue to clap our hands unto the Lord and give Him praise tonight. Can we do that? Can we just lift up the name of Jesus a little bit? Hallelujah. My, 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 my. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. How many are in love with Jesus tonight? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. It's so wonderful to be with you here tonight at New Bethel Camp Meeting 2017. How many have felt the touch of the Holy Ghost so far? God is in this place. Amen. And it's an honor to be with you. It's an honor to be asked to speak this Thursday night. I want to give honor to Brother and Sister Robinson and to Sister Lakin and Cheyenne, precious friends of ours, precious people of God. I want to honor them. What a, what a first-class camp meeting they put on. Amen. This music, this fellowship, the Robinsons love God, and, and they are some of our dearest friends, and I'm, I'm honored to be here tonight. We love them. And I wasn't able to be here last night. Unfortunately, I have to leave in the morning for Honduras, so I won't be here tomorrow night, but I know that last night you heard from the Lord. Amen. Pastor Jonathan Shoemake is, a, is a, a great man of God. He's doing a great work in San Jose, California. And the Shoemake family has been a friend to the Urshan family for decades. And we love and appreciate them and his family. And uh, I know you heard a word from God. And tomorrow night when Brother Cody Marks gets here, Brother Marks will walk in the Holy Ghost. There will be a move of God. And, and we're just a blessed people. To, to hear this great word and, and to love this great gospel together. Praise God. Amen. Aren't you glad you're apostolic? Aren't you glad you know who Jesus is? Hey, glory to God. And these other ministering brethren for the homes, I give honor to him and, and the other men on this platform for the Holland the elders that are here. I see so many friends. I saw Brother Dykes, and Brother Tony Spell, one of my dearest friends, a great man of God. And it's hard to start calling names, but, um, but I love these men. I appreciate them. The Adams brothers, Brother Joey Adams, Brother Tim Adams, and Brother Wesley Jackson. So many great men. Um, I said I wasn't going to call names, and here I am calling names. But this great assembly, I love you. appreciate you so much. Amen. I'm happy my wife and children could be here. Amen. I've been going through J.S. deprivation. Amen. I haven't been able to come. They've been coming. I haven't been able to come. But it's good to be here in the house of God. And most of all, I'm glad Jesus is here. I'm glad the Holy Ghost is here. I'm glad that he's moving in this sanctuary. And he's in the praises of his people. Thank you, Jesus. I know the hour is growing late. And I know that there's still more in store. I believe God has things in store for us. I want you to turn with me in your Bible to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. While you're turning there, I want to give honor to Brother Carney. It's good to see you, Brother Carney, a good friend of my grandfather's for many years. 
appreciate the Carney family. Matthew chapter 1. And I want to... I want to begin reading at the end of the chapter. An angel is is speaking to a young lady and he's telling her that a savior is coming into the world. I want to read verse 23. He spoke these words, a quotation from a prophet of old. He said this, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. God with us. I'm so glad to be with you. I'm, I'm thrilled that we can worship and come into the presence of God in this place. But mostly I'm just glad that God is here. And I, I want to preach something that God has laid on my heart. I want to preach to struggling people, struggling to live up to a spiritual standard without revelation. I want to preach to a new generation who's looking for an identity and is scrabbling to find a foothold in this spiritual atmosphere we have here right now. And I want to bring a message for New Bethel Camp Meeting 2017. It's a simple message, but it's one God laid on my heart. I want to preach to you, Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Look at the person next to you. Tell him, you have to understand, he really is with us. Amen. 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 God bless you. You can be seated. I, I think I'm going to begin by, by talking about some confusion I had as a young man raised up in an apostolic Pentecostal home. We were taught at an early age, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul, with all thy strength. And then that we are to love our neighbors as ourselves. Jesus taught in Mark chapter 12 that that was the greatest two commandments in the entire Bible. No greater commandment than this. So the fact that God is one is not an afterthought. But it is literally the foundation on which the Bible is built. God is one. And we're to love him, to be in fellowship with him, 
to commune with him. And then when we have done that and successfully engaged in that, then we are supposed to take that oneness, that unity, and we're to turn to one another and we are to love one another like that. And the Bible teaches that if you cannot love your neighbor who you have seen, you cannot love God whom you have not seen. So if you are prejudiced, don't talk to me about the love of God. If you don't love your brother, don't talk to me about the love of God. If you tear somebody down, don't talk to me that you tell me that you love God. You can't love God if you can't love someone made in the image of God. And how well you grasp the first commandment is revealed in how well you follow the second commandment. And that that revelation, Matthew described it. He said it like this. He said, upon these two commandments do all the law and the prophets hang. I want to tell you right now that there's a devil that would love to destroy that revelation. As a matter of fact, he is always after that revelation. It's the first thing he'll go after. He'll try to destroy the foundation that the word of God is written upon. And so God's people have to stand firm and have to say, I don't care how you, how you describe it. I don't care the fanciful language that you use. I don't care what kind of philosophical uh, instrument that you try to employ. God is one. He is one. None beside him. None before him. None after him. Amen. And so my confusion came in when... I read in John chapter 12, 13, 14, where Jesus began to teach. And he said things that seemed strange to me. I read where he said, the Father and I, we will come. And we will make our abode with you. And the usage of plural pronouns, we and our... I I looked at that. I said, well, I know he's one, but how is he talking about we and how is he talking about our? And, and if you, if you, if you dig into this deep enough, somebody's going to take you to Genesis 126. Let us make man in our image. And they're going to point to that and they're going to say, well, see, there's more than one. and, And what you need to understand is thus and so, and thus and so in the Greek, it means this in Hebrew, this actually means this. And, and they're going to go round and round the mulberry bush. And they'll have you so tied up in knots that you can't clearly see who Jesus is. <laughs> but we don't view this great revelation through the lens of tritheism. But we, we view it through monotheism. Because at the end of the day, he is one, he is one, he is one, he is one. Amen. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, Father of all, above all, through all, and in you all. God is one. And so I looked at that and I began to... And and then there's other things. Um, Jesus prayed to God in the garden. And who's he praying to? And then on the cross, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Who's he talking to? And and, and you can get all turned around, but I'm telling you right now... That, that there is a revelation in there that, that this is not two gods having a conversation. 
But this is the man Christ Jesus talking to the spirit that fills all things. <coughs> and he, ladies and gentlemen, he is still one. <coughs> he is still, that oneness is part of our worship. That oneness is part of our baptism. Because when we baptize in the name of Jesus, we're baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Because that, that is the name of Jesus. Amen. You don't have to worry about who you're praying to. You're praying to God when you pray in the name of Jesus. You're getting the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Amen. We're complete in Him. So how does it work? There's, there's a togetherness. There is a, a unity that is tied up in that revelation. It might help some people to know, young people to know what you believe. Um, that, that there is a difference between, between the administration of the Holy Ghost in the Old Testament and the administration of the Holy Ghost in the New Testament. As great as that Old Testament moving of God's Spirit was, He moved upon the water and in creation. And He moved upon the valley of dry bones in Ezekiel's vision. That Spirit, what the Hebrews called the Ruach Kodesh, it moved and it, mo- it came upon Samson and, and he picked up the gates of Gaza. It, it moved upon him and he pushed down the, the pillars in Dagon's temple. It moved upon Gideon as he led Israel into victory. There is an administration of the Holy Ghost. But as great as the Old Testament administration of the Holy Ghost was, the administration of the New Testament is even greater. Jesus said there's no greater prophet born of a woman than John the Baptist. But the very least in this New Testament kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist. You say you wish you were back in Moses' day? I don't. I'm glad I've got the Holy Ghost right now. I'm glad I can worship God right now. I'm glad I have access to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I don't need a lamb. I don't need a high priest. I don't need the covenant rituals. I've got Jesus and that's enough. I've got Jesus and it's everything I need. I've got Jesus and it's the fullness. It's the fullness of New Testament revelation. Amen. And so the difference is that that Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary. And when it did, a child was conceived. That child was a real human. It was not a fake human. It wasn't a partial human. It wasn't a puppet through which the Spirit of God moved. But it was a real human being. If he was not a real human being, he would not be an adequate substitute for me and you. But if he is going to absolutely take your sins away, he has to absolutely feel everything you feel, go through everything you go through, overcome everything you've been through. And now he is an adequate substitute for every man and every woman that lives in this world. There is no divine flesh. There is no ulterior uh, inferior doctrine of his humanity. But he is a real human being. And we need Jesus tonight. There is a mediator between God and men. The man, Christ Jesus. 
And that is where the we comes from. It's not God one and God two elbowing each other for room in your heart. It's not person one and person two fussing over who gets the right to come down and talk with you. And you don't have to sit there and wonder who you're going to pray to. Talk to the Father. Father's not listening. Maybe I'll talk to the Son. Son's not there. Maybe I'll talk to the Holy Ghost. Well, he's not. Maybe I'll go find Mary. Maybe she can help me out. You don't need any of that. What you need is to speak the name of Jesus. Speak the name of Jesus because when you speak the name of Jesus, you're getting Jehovah Jireh. You're getting the El Shaddai. You're getting Elohim. You are getting the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father. You're getting the Prince of Peace. I'm sorry, JS, but I'm just a one God preacher and I know who Jesus is and I came to give him a little bit of praise tonight. Jesus is the Father. I know Jesus is the Son. I know Jesus is the Holy Ghost. All these three, they are one. Now, why are you preaching that, Brother Urshan? Well, I'm getting there. Because the man, Christ Jesus, had his own identity, he had a will. That could be separate from the fathers. That's why he had to say, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. When he's praying on the cross, it's not God one praying to God two or person one praying to person two. It is the man Christ Jesus praying to the spirit of almighty God. Well, how's that work? How's that work? Well, well, how, do, how does it work with you? You have the Holy Ghost living inside of you. He dwells inside of you. He dwells, and, and, and while he's in you, he's in you. And, and you and you and you and you and all of y'all and y'all. Not all of y'all, but maybe some of y'all. <laughs> Praise God. He's in us. And while he's in us, he's still in the heavens. Amen. And while he's in the heavens, he's on, he's in the moon and he's at Mars. And he's outside the Milky Way. He's in the other galaxies. He is everywhere. Don't say, how could Jesus? Honey. (laughs) He prayed the same way that we prayed. A man praying to God. I'm not saying that we are God and we're like God. God gave him the spirit without measure. We get the spirit by adoption. We get the spirit by the infilling of the Holy Ghost. But the prayer is still a man praying to God. And he died. And he rose from the dead. He ascended up on high. And he led captivity captive. And he gave gifts unto men. And he filled men and women with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, he did not fill them with the Old Testament administration. But now, that Holy Ghost, and I don't know the right word. I don't think we have a word that adequately captures what happened. But the humanity of Jesus, fused, combined, mixed, 
whatever you want to say, with the Spirit of the Almighty God. And it turned into the New Testament administration of the Holy Ghost. So now when you pray, you're not praying to a God that's never been there. You're praying to a God that knows everything you feel, that has been in your shoes, that knows what it feels like to be hungry, that knows what it needs. It feels like to need a glass of cold water, that knows what it feels like to be stabbed in the back, that knows what it feels like to be crucified, that knows what it feels like to die. And now he has more than enough power for you in your circumstance, for you in your situation. He is God with us. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. I was, I, was, I, was, I was talking to a young Hindu woman one day. She came into the church in Florida. And she, she walked in. And when she came in, she saw us dancing. And running the aisles and worshiping. And, and her eyes got big. And she looked around. She couldn't believe what she was seeing. And, and she said, after the service, she said, what is all this all about? I said, we're worshiping Jesus. How'd you find us? She said, I wanted a loud American church. I said, come on in, honey. Here it is. You found it. And she said, I wanted something else. She said, I've worshipped Kali. I've worshipped Shiva. I've worshipped Brahma. I have worshipped all of the gods in the Hindu pantheon. We revere cows. We have customs and ceremonies. We've offered sacrifices, meal offerings. At certain times in ancient history, our forefathers actually sacrificed human beings to the gods. I watched my mother burn a hundred dollar bill one day as a sacrifice. And the burning the hundred dollar bill turns into smoke, which makes it spirit. And it goes up to God. And I said, sweetheart, you could have just put that in the offering plate. We could take care of it a whole lot better than burning it. <laughs> Amen. We know what to do with that. But she said, I heard about Jesus. And when I heard about Jesus, I could not believe that there was a God who would sacrifice himself for me. He would come down here he would walk down here he would overcome everything down here and he would sacrifice himself for me that's the kind of god that i want can you introduce me to jesus 30 minutes later she was talking in other tongues baptized in the name of jesus she said i want a god who's with me i want a god who's beside me i want a god who knows me Well, God with us. <laughs> if you can understand that, that in that with, that revelation of with, that revelation of together, there's a lot of power locked up in that revelation. It's like a bomb ready to go off. Amen. 
It's like something lying latent, ready for somebody to tap into the revelation of who Jesus is. Amen. God with us. I want to make sure everybody knows what we're dealing with tonight. When, when he came back in that human divine administration of the Holy Ghost that we call the New Testament, the Holy Ghost. The Bible says he's the comforter. He knows everything you've been through. He has pinpointed it. He has wrestled with it. He has developed the antidote to it. And he'll inject you with the stuff to get you over it. And I, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I, I forget, I was talking to Brother Shoemake last night. He said that he was talking to some denominal people, some seminary people. They said, our religions are dying. Our denominations are dying. The, the churches are emptying out. People are filling sporting stadiums and, and, and entertainment uh, venues. But, but they're running from church. And in and, 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 and my mind, I thought to myself, I wouldn't go to church without the Holy Ghost either. People were made to dance. People were made to shout. They're shouting about the wrong thing out there. We're shouting about the right thing in here. Don't call me crazy. I know who Jesus... I'm, I'm directing my praise to the right God. I'm directing my praise to a God that can heal me. To a God that can set me free. To a God that can write my name in the Lamb's book of life. He's the comforter. Now that revelation with is locked up in this word. Come. The prefix come. Is also con. And it's also co. They're the same prefix. It's, it's an etymological thing. It's, it's a word that precedes a word and it means with. With. Amen. We're supposed to have him with us. That, that word fort, the root of the word, come fort. The word fort means strong. It means strong. And, 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 and in the old days when the pioneers would, would populate an area, they would spread out and they'd have their cabins and they'd have their little clearings and they'd have their land. And when, when they heard that, that there was an uprising and that there was violence in the area, everybody would go running to the fort. And, and in that fort, there were high walls and there were thick walls and there were armaments and there were men of war ready to push back any attack from the enemy. Fort means strong. Tomorrow, when I get into Honduras, I'm going to drive through a little town called Los Fuertes. Fuertes is the same word, fort. It means strong, the strong ones. I am telling you that the comforter is the one that we are strong with together. I'm telling you that when the devil is on your trail, the best thing you can do is find a prayer room and say, Jesus, I'm about to lose it. I'm about to, I'm about to mess up. I need you to come down right now. I need new strength. I need new power. I need the name of the Lord to be my strong tower right now. I need to get to the house of God. I need to pray until the Holy Ghost falls. I need to pray until I talk in tongues because I cannot do this by myself. I cannot 
cannot preach by myself. I cannot worship by myself. I can't. I'm not a good husband without the Holy Ghost. I'm not a good father without the Holy Ghost. I'm not a good man without the Holy Ghost. But when he comes down upon me, together we are strong. He gives me strength I did not have. He gives me power that I did not possess. He anointeth my head with oil. Somebody needs to let the Holy Ghost grab a hold of you tonight. Don't try to serve God without the Holy Ghost. This thing doesn't work without the Holy Ghost. Man, why are you shouting and running like that? Why are you dancing? Why are you, why are you lifting your voice? This thing doesn't work without that. Praise you the Lord. Praise God in the sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the stringed instruments and organs. Praise Him with the loud cymbals. High sounding cymbals. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. That's how we're supposed to praise Him. That's the biblical template for praising Him. If you want God to show up, start calling on his name. Don't whisper. Don't meditate. Open your mouth up and say in the name of Jesus. Don't do it for a game show. Don't do it for a sporting event. Don't do it for Hollywood. Do it for Jesus. And he'll show up. I can't do it by myself, but I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. So you're living in a world where kids are cutting themselves and where kids are smoking everything and snorting everything and and sleeping with everything and running around and carousing. You are not going to be able to legislate that. You cannot make enough laws to control young people and to control drug epidemics. What we need, ladies and gentlemen, is the Holy Ghost. We need God to fill us, to baptize us, to absolutely saturate us because without him we can do nothing come forth er, together strong we we us together I need him Hallelujah. It's not until you understand that that you can understand compassion. Compassion is more than passion. We got more than enough passion. The entertainment world's killing our youth with passion. They're losing their minds. They're they're so hyped up and they're so hyper aware and they're so sexualized that they're destroying one another marriage is falling apart human identity is suffering because of this we have more than enough passion what we need is compassion 
That's the, that's the love of God that works through us. Do I like everybody? Well, I'd like to say I did. Do I love everybody? Yes, I do. Some people I just love from a little bit of a distance. Amen. But I love them. If you're made in the image of God, I love them. And if I don't have the capacity inside of myself, God gives me the capacity inside of myself. Because God loves them. I can pray for my enemy because God loves them. I don't want anybody going to hell. I don't want my enemy going to hell. I don't want, I don't want, I don't want anybody going to hell. I want everybody in this building tonight to go to heaven with me. Go to heaven with me. I want to preach with you. I want to, I want to pull somebody out of their despair. I want to preach somebody out of their discouragement. I want to preach somebody out of their heaviness. Let's serve God together. Compassion. Compassion shows God's basic nature. If you look at the God of the Old Testament, you'll see judgment. You'll see pre-grace. You'll see a God that, that did operate in judgment. Judgment is a real thing. Every man and woman is going to stand before God. We're going to give account to God. And the penalty is real. Hell is real. That's why we have these services. That's why we preach this gospel. We want to pull every person out of the fire. Amen. But you can look at the judgment of the Old Testament and you can assume that God is an angry God. God does hate sin. God stands against unrighteousness. But God's basic nature is love. The Bible says that mercy rejoices against judgment. Aren't you glad he had mercy on you? This is one of the reasons why I have mercy on my brother. When they hurt me, I have mercy on them. When they, when they speak falsely against me, I have mercy on them. Because God had mercy on me. There's a togetherness here. And I forgive them because God forgave me. Amen. And God won't forgive you if you can't forgive them. This is a reciprocal relationship. I want everybody to go to heaven. Amen. When he finds the woman... Who is caught in the act. The very act of adultery. They look at him and they say. Moses said to stone her. What, what do you say Jesus? And, and what an opportunity to show God's vengeance. And to show God's wrath against unrighteousness. Can't help but notice that the man wasn't there. Caught in the very act. How to get away. Somehow, some way, he slipped out the back door. We're so flawed in how we look at things. And, and apparently what's, what's good for the goose is not always good for the gander when we are the judge. And people are ready to point fingers and they're ready to destroy. What do you think, Jesus? And instead of destroying and instead of bringing Mosaic law crashing down on our head, Jesus bends down and he starts writing in the dust of the ground. And he stands up and he says, he that's without sin among you cast the first stone. 
and beginning from the oldest to the youngest they had to walk away because there is none righteous no not one God is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance you are here because God is a merciful God you can lift your hands because he had mercy on you and with that compassion that he had for me I can love my brother and I can love my sister Jesus didn't just die for his friends. He died for his enemies. He died for the ones that nailed him to the cross. He died for Pilate. He died for Herod. Compassion. Compassion. And it's when you realize that, that you can then obey the commandments. Don't try to obey the commandments alone. Don't try to obey the commandments without praying. There's a lot of people who sit there and say, I'm not going to do that. The Bible says it's wrong. But if you're alone, you're not going to make it, brother. If you're following a list of rules written on a wall, you can believe they're good. You can know they're good. You can love them, but you will not obey them by yourself. Because it's a commandment. Amen. When God gave the commandment, the Ten Commandments, he, people look at them as though they're said in anger, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image and you can almost see the the angry visage you can see the stern look you can see the flames of hell in the background if you mess up thou shalt not kill and if you do bad things are coming thou shalt not steal thou shalt not commit adultery and the anger and the judgment thou shalt not covet Thou shalt, thou shalt, thou shalt not. Here it is. And, and it's, 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 a, it's seen as a threat from the perspective of judgment and the perspective of a lack of grace. But, but God's basic nature is not to destroy. Amen. God wanted to say, let there be light and there was light. God wanted to create. God wanted fellowship. He doesn't want to kill people. He wants to save people. He looked at them and said, the son of man has not come to kill and destroy, but to save that which was lost hallelujah and so when you get to the new testament and jesus dies for your sins and the holy ghost comes back and you speak with other tongues as the spirit of god gives the utterance he comes down and lives inside of you and now you have power that you did not have before now you have authority that you did not have before there's something living inside of me that takes my inability and it turns into something greater than I ever could have imagined David said it like this I could run through a wall and leap over a wall and I could run through a troop by my God I could do this and when you realize that you realize it's not a threat It's a promise. 
When I come live inside of you, I got good news, ladies and gentlemen. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Hallelujah. I'm going to feel you from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. I'm going to raise the hair up on the back of your neck. I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. You're going to throw away the goddess Diana. You're going to throw away Baal. You're going to throw away Molech. You're going to throw away Ashtoreth. You're going to throw away Dagon. Because when you've had the best, honey, you don't need the rest. When I come down of you when I live inside of you thou shalt have no other gods I got good news thou shalt not kill the anger and the rage that dominated you the the anger and the hatred and the prejudice that motivated you the blind fury that that grabs a hold of I'm going to take it and I'm going to destroy it by the power of the Holy Ghost and when I come down inside of you thou shalt not kill I'm going to deliver you from your wrath I'm going to deliver you from your anger I'm going to deliver you from your pettiness I'm going to deliver you from your war you're going to beat your sword into plows Thou shalt not commit adultery. I'm going to take the unfaithful man and I'm going to straighten him out. I'm going to take the broken woman and I'm going to put my spirit on the inside of her. And when I get through with her, she's going to be a handmaiden of the Lord. She's going to be a daughter of the Most High God. I'm going to be her exceeding great reward. I'm Woman, if you knew who I was, you would ask of me living water. And you won't have to marry five times. But I'm the water that if you drink it, you'll never thirst again. I am the satisfaction of your soul. And thou shalt not. You're not going to do it alone. You were never designed to do it alone. Thou shalt not bear false witness. I'm going to take the liar's tongue. And I'm going to straighten it out. And the tongue that used to lie and blaspheme and connive and deceive. I'm going to put a praise on the inside of that man. The tongue that used to curse is now going to bless. Hallelujah. The tongue that used to rage is now going to bless. When I come down inside of you, thou shalt not. It's a commandment. It's something that we do together. Is this all right? I want you to notice it's not a demandment. It's not the ten demandments. A demand is something given by delegation from a long distance. But, but, but a commander of an army doesn't sit on the outside and say, all right, now y'all go over here and then y'all go over there and then, then y'all, hey, 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 y'all turn around. Uh-uh. Uh, my, my God doesn't sit out on the edge of the cosmos and just arbitrarily give us orders. When I was younger, 
I was telling the brethren, when I was younger, we had a PE class. And, and, and one of the things we'd do, they take us out, we'd do push-ups. And we'd do, we'd do leg lifts. And, and we'd do jumping jacks. And, and then we'd have to jog a mile. And, and our PE teacher, he was a, a very, very heavy man. Exceedingly uh, robust. And he would get in his truck behind us with a big gulp drink in his hand. And we're out there. And he's got that truck. And every once in a while he'd stick his head out the window and he'd say, All right, you lazy guys, keep it up. We're almost there. If I can keep up this pace, so can you. That is not a commander. That is a demander. <laughs> My God doesn't sit on the outskirts of the cosmos and give arbitrary commands. But he comes down and he leads the charge. He's not going to ask you to do anything he hasn't already done. He's already been to the cross. He's already shed his blood. He's already paid the price in the name of Jesus. When John saw heaven open, he said, I saw a white horse. And him that sat upon it was faithful and true. And there followed behind him an army of saints clothed in white. He's not at the back. He's at the front. And he's leading the way. And... He led captivity captive. He led captivity captive. Because he's a commander. And if you try to follow this law without the power of the Holy Ghost, you're going to find out that you cannot make it. You're going to live a life of hypocrisy. You're going to live a life publicly because it's publicly acceptable but in private you're going to have problems you're going to try to but you can't you're going to give up and say something's wrong with me this not yeah it's called flesh what you need brother is a fresh touch of the holy ghost come on into this apostolic atmosphere get those hands in the air start calling on the name of jesus Start blessing the name of Jesus. Let the Holy Ghost get a hold of you. And he'll give you power that you did not have. Now we're living in a world. And I'm glad you said what you said tonight, Brother Robinson, because we're living in a world that grows more and more professional. And in the apostolic world, we're watching a people who are very churched. They're very churched. They know how church works. They know how to clap. They know how to worship. You know, you can only hear so many messages. And you never want to fall into the trap of listening for a new message to get excited. You never want to become a connoisseur of messages and preachers. But there has to be a revival in this last day of people, not people who are hearing a new thing, but people who are doing a new thing. This is where commission comes in. <laughs> this is where doing the will of God 
comes into play. Because we aren't called for a mission. We're called for a commission. What I mean is he never sent you out there by yourself. He never asked you to go alone. But what he's saying is we're going to do it together. And if you live an armchair quarterback that just kind of knows how church works and this is how we shout and this is how we jump, you can only do that so many times and you've heard so many messages and eventually you're going to hear all the stories and you're going to hear all the stuff and you kind of sit back and you say, well, I heard that one before. Yeah, yeah, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do all things through Christ. I know, Brother Urshan, I know. Who strengtheneth me. Praise God. What's for... What's for dinner tonight back in the gymnasium, Brother Robinson? What's happened is you've never met him out in the mission field. Because when you've been out in the mission field and he's met you there, it has a way of putting a praise down inside of you. It has a way of putting a worship down inside of you. When you go forth and represent him, he promises he'll show up. I said he'll show up. And we have a generation coming up that has got to find God in the field. Not just finding him in a conference. Not just finding him in a camp meeting. But you got to go out and you got to sweat. And you got to bleed. And you got to represent him. Hallelujah. You got to stand up and say, I'm one of his. I'm going to tell somebody about Jesus. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to start a church. When you start that church, you're not starting that church by yourself. It's a commission. When you go out, Brother Paholic, when you go out, you're not witnessing by yourself. But Jesus is walking with you. And he is encountering you. And he's meeting you at that place. If you've never felt the crushing feeling of discouragement when you evangelized, it's hard to get excited about what God's doing. If you've never been through a trial, it's hard to get excited about what God's doing. But when you've been there and you've paid the price and God showed up, Now, I can tell you God's a provider. I can tell you that. And I can preach about it. And you can say amen from the comfort of a padded pew. But last night, I had a man walk up to me and say, Brother Urshan, I've been witnessing the people all week. He owns a a mechanic shop. He said, I had a $17,000 bill that was coming due. I only had $5,000. I was $12,000 short. I said, God, I don't have it. I don't know what to do. I've been witnessing. I've been talking. I've been doing everything. I've been living for God. I give my tithing. I worship God. But I didn't have the money and I needed the money. How am I going to get $12,000 in 24 hours? And I had a car been sitting in the back lot for, for about three months. And, and, and finally the owner came in that afternoon and said, I talked to my insurance company. And, and, and they said that it was a, a problem covered by insurance. And, and here is a check for $13,000. Can you have it done? He he said, I didn't tell him, 
but I started saying thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus you you have to get to that point you have to have labored for him you have to have suffered for him and when he shows up you realize I'm not by myself I want to tell every Sunday school teacher, you're not by yourself. I want to tell every evangelist, you're not by yourself. I want to tell every missionary, you're not by yourself, but he's with me. He's with me. You want to shout? Let God provide. Let God make a way. Let Hallelujah. You're going to have to stand in front of the Nebuchadnezzars. You're going to have to look at the fiery furnaces. You're going to have to see the jailers fall down dead as they throw you in. You're going to have to fall down in the middle of the fire. And when you stand up, that's when you realize there's a fourth man in the fire. And he was there the whole time. You got to go in the fire before you find out he's with you. With us, with us, with us, with us. I'm wrapping up, I'm closing. Amen. But this thing's not designed to be done alone. Don't make me praise God by myself tonight. Amen. Don't make me love him by myself tonight. I am not preaching a message. We are preaching a message. The promises of God are yea, and they are amen. Hallelujah. When I praise God, see, I've got to break out of the receiving selfish mode. That's so easy to fall into. I've got to break out of that. Well, Brother Urshan, I'm kind of tired. And I've worked a long day and it's, I'm not doing this for myself. I'm doing this for God. I'm doing this for my kids. I'm doing this for my grandkids. You don't even have grandkids, Brother Urshan. Hey, if Levi could pay tithes in the loins of Abraham, my grandkids can too. Amen. I'm setting a template that shows the next generation. This is how you praise God. Paul and Silas prayed in the midnight hour and the chains fell off and the prison doors came. They didn't just do that for them, but everybody's chains fell off. I'm praising God so my neighbor gets the Holy Ghost. I'm praising God so so somebody gets the Holy Ghost over here. Somebody needs the baptism of the Holy I'm not doing it because I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm not doing it because I'm tired. I'm doing it because somebody needs the Holy Ghost. And I know that God's going to show up. God with us. God with us. God with us. Somebody lift your hands right now. Somebody stand with me. Lift your hands. Hallelujah. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When that Ark of the Covenant came, came back towards Jerusalem, the Bible said when it had gone six paces, David danced before the Lord with all his might. Hallelujah. And Michael looked down on him 
and mocked him and condescended towards him and, and made fun of him. A lot of people back up when that happens and they feel embarrassed when that happens. But David already knew he's with me. He's with me. He looked back at Michael and said, it was before the Lord. It was before the Lord. Remember when that lion roared? He was with me. When that bear came out, he was with me. When Goliath came, he came against me with sword and spear. But I came unto him in the name of the Lord of hosts. And he was with me. Hallelujah. When, when your father threw a javelin at me, he was with me. In the cold night, year after year, for decades, God was with me. When I rescued a city and they turned me over into Saul's hands, God was still with me. When the Philistines came against me, God was still with me. And now that the presence of God is coming back, you want me to sit here quiet and you want me to sit here with my arms folded. No, sir. No, ma'am. He's with us. He's with us. Thursday night camp meeting. I want somebody to lift your voice one last time. And I want you to call on the name of Jesus. Come on, home missionary. You're not alone. Come on, young person. You're not a somebody step out in the aisle. Somebody make your way down. Lift your hands and say, He's with me. He's with me. Right now. I want you to come. The Holy Ghost is in this place. Come. Lift your hands. He's with us. Emmanuel. 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 God with us. You're not going to make it without the Holy Ghost. I'm not going to make it without the Holy Ghost. Young person, you're not going to make it without a prayer life. You're not going to make it without the church. Hallelujah. Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. That's it. That's the Holy Ghost. I want somebody to reach over with the person next to you. I want you to pray for somebody next to you right now. We're going to pray together. We're going to bind together in the name of Jesus. The Holy Ghost is going to come down. The Comforter is going to come down. He's going to give you power to obey His commandments. Things that you couldn't do yesterday, you're going to be able to do them today. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on. Come on. Somebody lift your voice all over this building. In the name of Jesus. There's a commission. There's a commandment. There's a comforter. There's compassion. But it's got to be done together. That's it. That's it. Grab a hold of somebody and help them pray in the name of Jesus. 
this Thursday night of Camp Meeting, I want somebody to break out in the Holy Ghost right now. Right now. There's walls coming down right now. I'm worshiping for my children. I'm worshiping for my grandchildren. I'm worshiping for my neighbor. I'm creating the precedent in the name of Jesus. With us. With us. With us. With us. There's a praise right underneath the surface right now. There's a praise right underneath the surface right now. There's people ready to break out of the Holy Ghost right now in the name of Jesus. The Holy Ghost is in this place right now. Here's what we're going to do. New Bethel camp meeting. Here's what we're going to do. I want you to... I want you to grab a hold of the problem that you've been wrestling with at your home church. I want, to, I want you to grab a hold of the devil that you've been wrestling with in your mind and in your heart and in your spirit. I want to take the next 30 seconds and I want you to lift your voice and I want you to cry out to God. I want you to know that he is with us. He is coming down in this place in the name of Jesus. There are commandments that you've tried to follow by yourself. You're not going to struggle anymore. He's going to empower you tonight. In the name of Jesus. I want you to get a praise that's bigger than the devil that's been fighting you. A praise that's bigger than that trial that you've been going through. The devil's told you that you're not going to make it. That you might as well quit. That you might that God lied to you. God's not going to keep his word. I came to tell you the devil's a liar. And I want you to take the next 30 seconds and I want you to lift your voice and call on the name of Jesus right now. Right now. I want you to praise him louder than your problem. I want you to praise him bigger than that devil. I want you to praise him with all your heart, all your mind. Hero Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord. Love Him with all your heart, with all your mind, right now. Let it go. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. For my children. For my marriage. For my youth group. For my church. For revival. In the name of Jesus. Somebody cry out to Him right now. Come on, David. Dance before the Lord. Come on, Son of God. Call on His name. That's it. That's it. Right there. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. with the voice of triumph shout with the voice of praise shout for the Lord has given you the victory in the name of Jesus we come to praise we come to 
Together. 